Blog Talk Radio. We believe in the American way, and we built this country called the USA, and we fly our flag because we're proud and free, we're Americans. Red, white, and blue is our way of life, never back down from a challenge or a fight, nature provides, God gives the rights, we're Americans. Make up America, but it's amazing America. Welcome to our Convention of States podcast, That Provident Article. This podcast series is a weekly discussion concerning the fifth article of the United States Constitution, the amending provision, with a general view on the phrase Convention for Proposing Amendments and specific focus on the Convention of States project. My name is Paul Hodson. I am the co-director here in the great state of Texas. Each week we meet to educate ourselves on Article 5 to promote the Convention of States project and its use of Article 5 to reign in our federal government. For more information regarding the Convention of States project, I invite you to visit www.conventionofstates.com. Later in the show, if opportunity allows, our call-in number is 914-205-5632. Further contact information is available at blogtalkradio.com for that provident article. We want to thank Madison Rising, America's most patriotic rock band, endorsers of the Convention of State project, for the use of all the music here on our episodes of That Provident Article. Please visit their website at www.madisonrising.com. And a quick review as we begin our show, Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution is available there in full on blogtalkradio.com on our site. We particularly look at that phrase, Convention for Proposing Amendments, as initiated by the applications of two-thirds of the state's legislatures. And we want to point out the subject matter of our application at the Convention of States. Three points. Impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. And good morning to everybody out there. This is the Convention of States podcast, that provident article. I am Paul Hodgson. I want to welcome all of our liberty-loving patriots around the nation who listen in either live or listen to us on Blog Talk Radio or even on iTunes, that we are available there. Uh, this is June 25th, 2016, another beautiful Saturday morning here in Texas. I do appreciate everybody who listens, everybody who writes in comments, folks who follow us on Facebook. Very appreciative. We want to jump in. It's been another busy, busy week. I think that's all we're going to have here for the next maybe years uh, as we get this through the processes of 34 states, call a convention, and then the big process of going through promoting and getting ratification on amendments which get proposed. The news this past week, not a lot going on, but I do want to remind you and drive you to our websites, the conventionofstates.com backslash newsblog website. You can always see what's current in the news, and then your particular state has has their own site, www.cosaction.com, backslash, and then your state's name. And if it's something like North Carolina, it'll be North underscore Carolina. So if you have two states, you know, New, New Mexico, same thing, New underscore Mexico. And I also want to remind you of uh, our co-director here in Texas, Tamara Colbert, has Constitutional Coffee every Thursday morning 
11 o'clock Eastern Time. That's on the Convention of States Project Facebook page. You can follow that there, catch it live at uh, 11 o'clock Eastern Time every Thursday morning, and it's the link stays up there, and you can catch up on any past episodes or if you've just missed it. Or if you're like me and I'm at work at 10 o'clock and I have a standing meeting, 10 o'clock Central Time, I can't watch it live. And one one thing that did get uh, introduced the first time this week, the inaugural edition of a new quarterly newsletter called The Convention Courier coming from National Headquarters, and that just came out yesterday. I did provide a link here on our slide if you get onto Blog Talk Radio. It's a, it's a strange-looking link, not real comfortable. I, I suspect if they haven't already, they're going to link the, the Convention of States site and also on your COS Action site. That's it for the news. We want to move on. Uh, what we're going to speak to this morning is the Convention of States and the Texas Plan. That might sound a little parochial since I'm from Texas and we're, you're thinking, why are you concentrating on that? We are understanding even from national that this is going to be a driving uh, piece of the, of the puzzle in the Convention of States movement. Not that we are going to follow it to the letter, and, and we'll be able to explain that as we go through the slides here, but that is a big question that is coming up. We know here in Texas we're already getting that question from legislators. We believe that's going to happen around the nation, that especially the state legislators are going to be asking, what's, what about Governor Abbott's Texas plan? How does that fit in? So we want to help guide through what's going on and, and how that all fits together. So quick reminder, I'm going to go through the slides here. We've got eight to go through this morning should go fairly quickly. A reminder that our application, the Convention of States application, is what we call a, a subject matter application. We don't mention any specific amendments. We don't endorse any specific amendments, but they must be germane to what's in our application. Uh, Article 5, remember, requires that amendments be proposed by the convention. They aren't proposed by the states themselves in the application. You go to the convention, and that's where the, the amendments can be proposed. You can craft your legislation, you know, your resolution, your application in a manner in which it's a specifically worded uh, amendment. That's what ends up making it difficult to get through the process, and that is why the Convention of States Project has given this approach to give the subject matter and give a little more latitude within the subject matter to the commissioners at the convention to discuss, propose, debate, to craft what ends up being a, an amendment which should be ratified. And so one of the things that happens with the subject matter application is that many struggle to understand just what we're trying to accomplish. It's, they'll say, you know, it's very broad-based, you know, it could be anything, which is very far from the truth. It's not just anything. Uh, and that's why we think we are very grateful to Governor Abbott and to Mark Levin in his book, The Liberty Amendments, it's the same thing. We can go through this same exercise with the Liberty Amendments and see where those fit in with the Convention of States application. Slide two is a reminder uh, of just what the text of our application states. Remember that we are limited to proposing amendments that, and here's our three subjects, impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. So pretty straightforward in some respects of those subjects, but people again, they ask, what about Governor Abbott's Texas plan? We go to slide three. 
that plan, if you haven't seen it yet, and I didn't include the link here, but it's very easy to find Google. Just say, you know, Governor Greg Abbott, Texas plan, and you will find it. It actually refers to it being uh, restoring the rule of law is the, is the title of that, uh, that um, PDF document that you can find. It's about 90 pages long, has uh, maybe 90, 92, somewhere in there. The last 20 pages are all the footnotes. So it's about 70 pages. It doesn't take that long to read. It gives some great history behind the uh, basically the disintegration of the rule of law, um, and so it's well worthwhile reading for that as well. But he has a proposal of nine model subjects that he to be discussed at a convention of states, and it is not intended to be an exhaustive list. And I think we can prove that as, as even as we go through here. But it is a very very helpful list of subjects. This very well could be the genesis of a state's bill to commission their delegates and commissioners, uh, their delegates slash commissioners. It can describe in detail what those commissioners are permitted to consider at the convention. So example here in Texas, we're going to pass our resolution early next year. I'm very confident of that, that we are going to get through both the House and the Senate, and that at that point, nothing has still happened unless there's – at that point, there's uh, – 33 other states which have joined. We don't believe we're going to be there that quickly, but we are going to get there fairly quickly. But at, at some point when we four, and that's going to be an exciting day, states are going to have to begin uh, writing commissions for their, their delegates that they select as to exactly what they can and can't discuss. Just because our application has three subject lines doesn't mean all the commissioners are going to be discussing exactly the same types of amendments as they go. So uh, for Texas, this is probably going to be a starting point for us. We want to address what's laid out in the Texas plan, but there may be other things that, that Texans wish to address uh, that can also be included in that bill, but it's separate from our application in that respect. So don't confuse it with the actual legislation that's going through. Uh, this is going to apply to what the commissioners are, are given from their state legislatures. Slide number four. So is this in competition with the Convention of States application? Uh, we kind of just covered that. It, it's absolutely not. And Governor Abbott has made it clear from the beginning that the Convention of States application was the only viable option to have the Texas plan considered. And he has explicitly called upon the Texas state legislature to the resolution, our Convention of States application, which passed in the Texas House last session. I'm going to let him say it in his own words. So I urge you to once again repass exactly what was passed in the Texas House last session and for the Senate to pass it also. So he made that very clear. That was on a March 31st speech that he gave here in, in Austin, and uh, he was calling upon, and he specifically said earlier in that speech, Rick Miller's bill, which is our bill. He is our primary author in the Texas House, and once again, we are so happy to have Representative Miller carry our bill. Very clear. This is the application that, that he wants, which can fit in with the Texas plan. So let's let's look through the points of the Texas plan, how they fit in to the Convention of States application. Some, from slide number five, remember our, our, our first subject point in our application is to impose fiscal restraints on the federal government. Well, Governor Abbott's Texas plan, his second subject that he brings of the nine says require Congress to balance its budget. That clearly fits in 
under that subject matter of ours to impose fiscal restraints on the federal government. A balance, balancing a budget is a fiscal matter. That, that's very easy to see. It's, it's also very helpful uh, to legislators, to supporters around the nation. How does this fit in? Well, here's where that second one from Governor Abbott, it fits right in there under our application. The remaining eight in his Texas plan are going to fit under our, our second bullet point of limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. People say that's that's so broad, and we've covered that before. It, it isn't broad. When you're talking about limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, you're talking about some specific things to restrain them as originally intended. So it, it doesn't even touch the right constraining. That's the point of them. So let's let's move on with the uh, eight remaining uh, subjects from Governor Abbott's Texas plan. The first one that he mentions in the Texas plan is to prohibit Congress from regulating activity that occurs wholly within one state. This is zeroing in on the Commerce Clause and restoring it. Any activity occurring within one state only, Congress cannot uh, interfere with that. That was the original intent of the Commerce Clause. On to slide six as we move move further, same same subject, limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. Governor Abbott's third plank, his, his third subject, prohibit administrative agencies and the unelected bureaucrats that staff them from creating federal law. So this is the alphabet soup which gets sued over and over again. Uh, the EPA, Home uh, Health and Human Services, you know, et cetera, et cetera, ad nauseum, craft, uh, craft an amendment which would truly constrain those administrative agencies from creating law. The next point is very, very similar. It's worded almost the same, prohibit administrative agencies and the unelected bureaucrats that staff them from preempting state law. And, and so that's Governor Abbott's fourth plank, his fourth uh, subject in the Texas plan. Um, again, those same agencies, this time if a state has already passed a law, this would prohibit them from coming in and, and basically overriding, overruling a, a law which had been duly legislative and through the de democratic process in your state. Next one up, his, his fifth subject, which falls under limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, allow a two-thirds majority of the states to override a U.S. Supreme Court decision, and this is when you flesh it out and you understand, this is enumerating the power of nullification and actually placing it in the Constitution, an enumerated power to the states through an amendment process. So you want to craft an amendment which gives a supermajority, and there have been different values placed there. So Governor Abbott is saying two-thirds, and I, I personally like two-thirds. Uh, this is a little bit different than Mark Levin's, which is a, a three-fifths. Uh, I'm I'm a little hesitant at three fifths. That's uh, to me. That's again personal opinion. Um, I, I think amending the Constitution or uh, overriding the Supreme Court should be a little bit difficult to do, uh, but not but not onerous. So two thirds seems like a a a good uh, a good compromise. There there are some other uh, ideas out there which I I think are more appealing in some ways, uh, which aren't the Texas plan but may end up becoming germane uh, or even from the Texas side, uh, which may end up going forward, which I, I like even better, but uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today. 
slide number seven. Um, again, we we've got three more on three more of Governor Abbott's uh, in limiting the federal government require a seven justice supermajority vote for U.S. Supreme Court decisions that invalidate a democratically enacted law. So what's he driving at there? And if you hear him give some speeches, he he, st he states, why should it be so difficult to amend the Constitution for the states but so easy for the Supreme Court by a simple majority? They basically amend the Constitution through their rulings. Congress enacts a law, and uh, if they want to overturn it, to invalidate that something Congress has passed or that a state has passed, uh, and it, it really applies there. If the states have passed something, a democratically enacted law, uh, this requires a supermajority, just like it does to amend the Constitution, a supermajority of three-fourths, and that's really what this is going at is three-fourths. Seven out of nine right now would hit that three-fourths threshold. Governor Abbott's argument is the Supreme Court should have that same threshold as as we do to amend the Constitution. Next subject on, on the Texas plan, restore the balance of power between the federal and state governments by limiting the former to the powers expressly delegated to it in the Constitution. That's a long way around of saying to put some teeth into the Tenth Amendment, and Governor Abbott even has a, a whole chapter titled you know, Putting Teeth into the Tenth Amendment. That's a great amount of the uh, leg not the, leg the litigation that he brought as attorney general when he would sue the federal government over and over. It really was in the infringement upon our sovereignty as a state. And you know, craft an amendment or even several amendments or an amendment with several points in it, which would restore that restore the, the meaning and the strength of the Tenth Amendment and state sovereignty, uh, enumerating it, making it very specific. And of course, some of these other things we're discussing also give the states that power by being able to overturn a majority, uh, as we saw, overturn a, a vote of the Supreme Court. Next, next point, give state officials the power to sue in federal court when federal officials overstep their bounds. Now, this is an interesting one, and this you can see the wheel spinning in Governor Abbott's head as his, from his experience as attorney general. Uh, and he gives examples in his book and gives examples in his speeches, you know, crafting litigation, preparing it, going through the court system. And one of the first uh, hurdles you've got to cross is whether you even have standing in that court. And there have been cases that he has filed in which the, the court has ruled you don't have standing as a state to even be in here. Uh, so the case ends up getting dropped before you even get started. So this is a means by which you would enumerate that power of interposition as James Madison used it, the idea of the federal the, – uh, the state government being able to intercede to put itself in between the federal government and its citizens and to protect the citizens and their rights uh, and their sovereignty and to give them standing and to enumerate that they have standing. It doesn't matter what it is. The, the federal courts would not be able to say you don't have standing you have an amendment in the Constitution which gives you standing. Now the states can go to court and argue on the merits of the case itself rather than just arguing on whether they even have standing or not. So that sounds a little bit in the weeds from a legal perspective, but that's a very, very important foundation to lay for the states to be able to fight back against the federal government. 
and to protect the citizens of their states. Our last slide, slide number eight, uh, is the, also the last point from uh, Governor Abbott's Texas plan. Allow a two-thirds majority of the states to override a federal law or regulation. Again, enumerating the power of nullification. We saw this a couple slides back, the two-thirds majority of states overriding Supreme Court decisions. That dealt with the judiciary side. This one deals with both the, the legislative side, federal law, and the executive side, regulation, because regulations end up coming out of the executive branch. So the same type of supermajority of the states getting together to basically vacate or overrule a law or regulation. And that's, again, enumerating the power of nullification collectively that the states have to, uh, to push back and to rein in the federal government. But what about term limits? That's the last of our, our points on the Convention of States application, to limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress, for judiciary and for Congress. But that's not in the Texas plan. So does the governor support that, not support that? How do we deal with that? We have to deal with that here in Texas. Well, Governor Abbott in multiple speeches and on radio shows has named term limits first when he speaks of, a, of possible amendment proposals at a convention of states. So we think that that, that uh, is a great demonstration that the Texas plan is not an exhaustive list. This is a list of a starting point of things he definitely wants discussed, but there are other things which can be discussed at convention, and among them is term limits. And we are grateful that he has come out and, and said that on multiple occasions in multiple venues and multiple audiences because term limits is, a, is something which is very much on the minds and on the hearts of the voters of the electorate. They, that is something that they are strongly in favor of. And at Convention of States, we are strongly in favor of that as it applies to the judiciary. There's, that's an unelected branch of the government, and we are concerned that though, as being unelected, they need to have some type of limit to the uh, length of time they can serve in office. That's all I have for slides right now for this presentation on the Texas plan. I, I want to again reiterate that this looks like it's going to become an important issue be dealing with uh, in your states around the nation in the coming year or so. We, we think here in Texas, uh, we have some confidence in, in all the groundwork that's being laid here. We think that this is going to become uh, a topic of conversation in your, in your state legislatures, wherever you are, uh, as Texas comes to the forefront. Uh, again, our governor has a, a great amount of experience on the legal side dealing with the federal government. As attorney general, he's now moved into a position uh, politically where he has a, a, uh, a bully pulpit, per se, in dealing with this. He's come out fully in favor of the Convention of States. He's written a book. Uh, I was just talking with our co-director yesterday. All we asked last session when we were in, in Austin was if we could even sit down and have just a quick meeting with him or with his staff to, just, to find out where he was on the Convention of States. That was all we asked. What we got was a book written about us in support of us. We got far more than we asked for, and it has excited us, and it has energized all of the supporters, 80,000-plus here in Texas right now for the Convention of States. And we are somewhat chomping at the bit to get to, to a session beginning in January. We believe we're going to shoot out the gate fairly quickly, um, and 
we, this is going to make a bit of a splash nationally because of the prominence that Texas has uh, in the more conservative constitutional thinking side of America. Everybody asks, where's Texas on this? Uh, we get on our sites all the time when the other states are, are moving on their on their resolutions, and in the comments on, on Facebook on, and on social media, where's Texas? What's Texas doing? We think we're going to be answering that question here come January, February, March of, of next year. And we think the Texas plan is going to become a topic of conversation. So we wanted to at least flesh that out, give some people some some help in how that fits in. These are not – again, these are not things which are going to be proposed with our resolution, but they, these are subjects which can be discussed and which are going to be very helpful. If, if you have legislators especially who are asking you, what is it you guys are trying to do with your application? It's It's very broad. You can bring this out. Here's the governor's plan, and and all nine of those subjects are on you know like page three or four of the Texas plan, just listed in order. He fleshes those out throughout the rest of the document, uh, and and it's very easy to be able to say, look, this balancing the budget applies to the the fiscal restraints. These other eight here, these apply to that uh, big big one, which is limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. But you can see that they're limiting all these are. Our amendments, uh, amendments which would come out of these would be things which would give great amount of – give authority back to the states, in, enumerate that authority, and restrain and constrain the authority of the federal government as they've overstepped their bounds. Got no callers on the, on the line right now. Um, I don't need to ramble on any further. I'm going to go ahead and have Madison Rising close us out. We'll be back with you again next Saturday, I believe, uh, at uh, 8.30 Central Time. On that Provident article, again, I thank you so very, very much for listening, spending time with us. Uh, I hope to get all these slides out available on PowerPoint at some point so people can get to those. It's just a matter of me getting them posted someplace where people can, can reach those more easily. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. And thank you once again for listening to that Provident article. We appreciate your listening. My name is Paul Hodson. I'm the co-director here in Texas, the Convention of States Project. We want to thank Madison Rising for all the music that they provide here, our intro and outro. Go out to their website, www.madisonrising.com. We invite you also to go out to our Convention of States website, www.conventionofstates.com. We want to thank the Convention of States Project, Mark Meckler, founder and president, Citizens for Self-Governance, Michael Ferris, head of the Convention of States Project, and a big, big thank you to our entire Texas Convention of States team. And we invite you to join us again next week for another episode of That Provident Article.